Who wants to start this podcast? I, I said the duck. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, what order are we going in? I don't know. You guys are peons. You figure it out. Me and right. Scott. <laughs> and then you two fight it out. Come on. That's how these Sue things work. and me and <laughs> Oliver slash Heather and then Last Haven slash Jessica. You can be either. I don't know if you... Want to be Jessica, or do you'd rather be Last Haven? But uh, I went Jessica last time, so we might as well keep it that way. Okay. Okay. I keep thinking I want to switch. It just—it sounds weird when people call me OG or Oliver's gal. I realize that's what like everyone calls me on the forum, but it's just weird. Yeah. Hey, well, you can introduce yourself as Heather if you want. I know. You usually say Heather. No. No. No, I usually say this is Oliver's gal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well I'm really bad today, so I might just end up saying, hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you ready? I think we are. Yeah, sure. Let me get out of this window. <laughs> hey, Ron. The next time. In this episode, we feature typically Puffwanian on-topic discussion. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. <laughs> no, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. I don't think we please where the story lands. Welcome to games. <laughs> Welcome to Pottershake <laughs> Week. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to have at least a few starts. Isn't it tradition or something? <laughs> it is. And of course, I've already forgotten what I need here. Where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly. This is episode 124. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. This is Oliver's gal. I'm Jessica. And today we are going to be doing chapters 6 through 11 of Teddy Lupin and the Forest Guard, written by Fernwithy. And you can find this on the Sugar Quill and probably several other places, but that's where I'm at. There you go. I think she has it a few different places, yeah. I think she has a personal website where it's at. It is, mm-hmm. but it's all broken up. Like, any, um, she'll write, like, large chunks and parts. So, like, the actual chapter might have, like, three different parts, which is good because she puts out more faster, but you have to read, like, three different pages to get through the chapter. So, it, it has downfalls. So, we're starting out here with chapter six, and we're having our first ever game of Muggles and Minions held in the Hufflepuff common room. Which I liked because we got to see a little bit of the Hufflepuff common room. Yeah, that was fun. I like they obviously have sort of riffed a little bit on the kitchens with this because the Hufflepuffs also have a painting of fruit and you have to move the fruit around in some way to activate the entrance. Mm -hmm. And then they just said, we're here and we've brought friends. Which is fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have a separate password or a separate manipulation of things when it's not other houses. I love how they try to keep it secret. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. they all stand. They all have to hide when the round guy. <laughs> They're all just sort of standing there, smiling awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, that is part of the, here. the whole castle thing: is that everybody's common rooms are secret in some way. So I can certainly see that they would do that. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that the Hufflepuff one is more accessible to other houses. They don't have a policy of keeping mm. the other houses out. Right. We never see anything about that at all in canon, but at least for the Hufflepuffs that we have outside of the books, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And we've added two new characters to the game. We've got Donzo, who used to play on tour, and Ruthless, who is also going to be playing. And mm-hmm. so they've headed down. Teddy's the newbie. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, has no idea what they're going on about. No. It's kind of sad that everybody just thinks they're a weird little group of people. Even their own, even the other Hufflepuffs just kind of roll their eyes at this group and kind of avoid them. Well, uh, it's sort I know of some the, D&D um, players, and they're kind of like that. Yeah, it's the parallel to D&D. So. But I think you have that those sorts of different types of people within any group. I mean, yes, Hufflepuffs are accepting, but, you know, there's a social class within everything. Right, wrong, mm-hmm. or indifferent. It's there. Right. Mm-hmm. I do like how Donzo is starting to become a little bit more human in these chapters because uh, he starts he out on this bringing up that, oh, yes, he played on tour with the, uh, oh, right, sorry, didn't mean <laughs> to actually bring that up because he keeps talking about being related to the band or whatever, and it's apparently just something that he does because that's what most of his life is, but mm-hmm. it does sort of annoy people, so he's trying to not do that so much. Well, he might be used to talking about his parents. People might ask more questions about them than he's used to not talking about them. Mm-hmm. That made no sense. <laughs> no, it did. Yeah, well, we figured it out anyway. I kind of like the stats coins that they use. Mm-hmm. That You know, when he he's just like trying to move on to the game and, and they have these little coins and they remind me of like little um, thumb or, or jump drives, external, you know, little external hard drives that they just wave a wand and say the words and out pops all of this information. And it's just a unique little twist on things. And it shows that it is in the, you know, 21st century and they have come up with some new things. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's kind okay. of hark back to Hermione's Dumbledore's army coins. Yeah. They're not quite the same, but you know, it just kind of made you think about it. I thought that yeah. was cool. And they have their little classes and everything for this because everybody's a muggle university student, those being such exotic creatures. And uh, <laughs> have your classes of whether you have a martial arts skill and whether you're various other things that you can do. And yeah. Does this at writer, one point, is this Teddy learns how to disguise himself. And yeah. Go ahead, Jessica. <laughs> okay, does this writer, like, do we know if she plays D&D or does she have any friends who play D&D? Because this sounds like an awful lot, like, I've sit in on a couple of, um, my friend, she plays it. I sit in on a couple of, like, her game sessions and it, this kind of sounds exactly the same. Well, I'm sure yeah. that's what it's based on. Whether or not Fernwithy plays, I have no idea. Or knows mm-hmm. someone who plays. But yeah. we can, you know, it's a good thing that, you know, Fern, if, if you're out there and you're listening, let us know. How you came up with Muggles and Minions, and what gave you, you know, obviously D&D's the inspiration, but 
what gave you the inspiration for their little journeys and jaunts that they take during the M&M excursions. It's fun. So It's really nice. I think it's, the M&M game It's neat having the... So. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I thought it was kind of neat that they have M&M. It's just like kind of nice to see like the Wizarding Society is being fleshed out a little more. Like We get to see like certain kind of games they have. Mm-hmm. That's mm. nice. And they have all their odd descriptions of muggle things because there's these weird devices called handguns, which are sort of like a killing curse but don't always work, and uh, <laughs> things that just explode sometimes. And this odd garment called a bulletproof vest, which uh, increases your defense points. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then they get to and uh, they have to use muggle dice. Yes, well, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I wonder if it's twelve sided. <laughs> Probably something like that. And then they go, three of them go to get lunch. And I really like that they go into the kitchens and Winky is the, we talked about this last week, the free elf. Mm-hmm. And she's the head chef. Yeah. They're making lunch. She's making <laughs> lunch. And she's like, you guys are trouble. <laughs> <laughs> she shakes her like She knows these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tells yeah. them all. to see her doing better. Making lunch. Yeah. yeah. We're getting lunch for friends in one of the common rooms. Is they sick? No. Well, then you can come back later. And Teddy's mm-hmm. just thinking, oh, Anne Hermione is going to love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a different Winky than we knew who was crying into her butterbeer. Like, it, it's just the little the little touches that, that always make this story nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so Teddy gets to talk with some of them for a little bit while they're wandering about waiting. He doesn't really say too much because he doesn't feel comfortable saying he's lonely in the tower, but I like that Bernice is annoyed with her dorm mates for getting up at the crack of dawn to try their cosmetic spells, and Teddy's like, eh, well, they probably wouldn't have done that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if it'd been a Draco Malfoy, I'm sure there was maybe not some primping going there on. There was some primping going on, yeah. Yeah, there could have been, but he is a first year, so maybe not so much. That's true. Unless there was a very special boys around there. <laughs> True, but even then I would expect that happened after 11, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe they would hide it a little better, at least. And as they wander past the classroom, they find a kappa that's loose. Mm-hmm. And Teddy knows about them because of Remus's books. Which okay. makes sense. And, uh, but of course, they run into event adventures already. Of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to give him credit. They at least try to go get help. Mm-hmm. Which is more than Harry would have done. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. So we are learning, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Although Bernice doesn't seem to be. Well, no. Not quite. He's like, he's expecting her to go and get the two closest teachers, and she comes back with the six Muggles and Minion players instead, and he's like, um, well, okay. (laughs) She's pretty fast, human. (laughs) Oh, dear. Sorry. There's just the line about, like, he's trying to get it to bow to get rid of the water on its head, and keep your bum to the wall. (laughs) Make you this up? (laughs) No, I swear, when I was little, my dad used to teach sense against dark arts. Yeah. Mm. They, they like uh, to suck your entrails out of there. It's like, all right. Apparently. Yuck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's, that's totally true for the kappa. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. It's <laughs> <laughs> part of Japanese mythology. I stumbled across it once, and it's not as pleasant as you expect. Mm, okay. I didn't know that before this, but there you go. See, we're learning things on Pottership Weekly, too. What does Robert say? Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> so. And as Tinny says, that's nasty, which mm-hmm. it is. Oh. So they're trying to figure out where this came from, but of course they're also trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make, make it, it bow. bow so that the water will spill out of its little fishbowl on its head. Yes, because that's what gives it its strength. Mm-hmm. And I like that Bernice starts to go out and, and try to bow to it. And then Zachary hurries over and says, I've got your bum. And she's like, well, who's got yours? And he's like, oh, wait. And so he turns around. And so then bum to bum, they try to fight. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is laughing this. so hard. They don't know what to do. It's pretty fun. Yes. And Frankie gets himself in trouble. But- mm-hmm. As he gets propelled across the room from a <laughs> bum thrust. We sort of get a slapstick <laughs> end to the fight because he runs into the wall and bounces off of it and runs into the kappa and knocks everything over. And <laughs> Goodness. They think it's dead. And but it was still breathing. It's yeah. just weakened. Because it spilled all of its water. And they're not... And now they're trying to carry it to the lake so it can revive and... Yeah, because they don't want to hurt it. Frankie's very upset they, about this. They just want to put it back in its habitat. Mm-hmm. Well, they are mostly Hufflepuffs. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Teddy's thinking to himself, well, it's not, you know, indigenous to this area, but Hagrid brings in all kinds of things, so it could have come from the lake. Let's take it back out there. And that's where they go. Mm-hmm. This is when we find out that, well, Bernice may have skipped to them and gone for the others anyway, but when she went to the Great Hall, none of the teachers were there. So mm-hmm. she couldn't get them even if she wanted to. And Frankie's trying to put water back in the Kappa's hollow on his head. And Bernice is like, I know a spell for this. And she's like, Akio water. <coughs> that like, was just the oh, wrong thing. No. I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> Be a little more specific. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cup of water. Yeah, that would be much better. The entire lake. How about they try to change that? Doing a tidal wave for them. <laughs> the poor mirror person's going, uh, hello, as it swims away. And Ruthless mm. realizes what's going on, so she's trying to stop it, and she manages to stop it, but now there's water coming at them in a tidal wave because of gravity, not from magic, yeah. and now they're in big trouble. They're all going to get wet. Mm-hmm. And this is where you break for commercial. Right. But it stops just before everybody because the professors are finally on the scene. I like the little visual because there's this wall of the water and a grindelo just sort of swims through. (laughs) (laughs) Strangely by. And I like that uh, Professor Longbottom's trying not to smile. (laughs) (laughs) She's probably thinking, only them. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yep. He's having flashbacks to his misspent youth. Yeah. So, and uh, you gotta love. Now, pers- I think it was more of a certain flashback to Harry's misspent youth. <laughs> he was usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I like. Pers- Unless you made up for it, Professor Sprout, who cocks her head to one side and says to Roberts, 
Well, Professor, it seems we won't have to go back and look for your missing kappa. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's his. Not Didn't come from the lake. Nope. But you know, Hagrid must have wanted it. Something terrible. Oh, yeah. He's thinking about it, trying to figure out how he's going to get it off of this guy's <laughs> hands and get it into the lake. So, and, you know, Roberts thinks that they took it out. So he's asking, did you let the kappa out of the tank? And, and Frankie's very relieved to say, nope, we just found it and thought it'd come from the lake. So we thought we'd help. And they're like, uh, didn't it occur to you to call a teacher? And Bernice is like, I tried. Nobody was there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because they were all looking for it in the dungeons. Right. And I think Reminds it's... you of first year. Yes. Thought you ought to know. But I have to say that Longbottom is a very fair when it comes to justice. And he's like, she has a point. I couldn't gather us. We were in the dungeons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They got detention for this, and I'm not sure they should have got detention for this. Just because they were trying to help. They were trying to protect people. It wasn't like they went looking for trouble. Not this time, anyhow. And <laughs> they may have been a little misguided and a little uh, overzealous in their spells, but they were trying to... They were well-meaning. Yeah. Yeah. And so... He says they were all careless. They didn't think about how to do it better than they did. And besides, Neville has a flux sweet patch that needs cleaning, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that works. And it's Teddy's first detention, and Neville thinks that's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have yeah. Harry will be so proud. Yep, tell Harry. <laughs> so they all get he's, points taken away. Yes, yeah. he's terribly embarrassed because they've had a meeting about him because he's doing well on all the theory things, but he can't do most of the practical stuff because of his bad wand. Mm-hmm. They think it's emotional distress, though. Yeah, I mm. I feel though like and and I I relate to this. Longbottom like came up to Teddy. I was like, we need to talk. Is everything okay at home? Like my parents have this weird thing where they don't generally call me. Like, I always call them just because they respect my privacy and things like that. And so when they call or my phone rings and it's them, it's like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Because, like, my heart just jumps in, into my throat and I think that something's wrong. So I can understand his apprehension of it's- anyone saying or talking about him or, or doing all those things. So, mm-hmm. But I also love what... Neville says, he's like, no, if it had been something with your family, I wouldn't have let him lecture you for so long. I would have told you right away. He's like, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although if Ryan was here, he would say, well, yeah, if it had been something wrong, they'd have come and got him on the ground floor and then hiked him up 14 floors up to Dumbledore's (laughs) office, gone through the greenhouses and around, you know, the castle three times before they got there. But Oh, over the mountain and through the woods. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how uh, mm-hmm. Neville has his office in, I guess it's not actually in a greenhouse, but he's got lots of windows, and he's made it rain that mm-hmm. morning so all his plants get watered. Right, and he's got bubble charms over all the furniture to keep them dry. I want. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I've gotten enough rain, thanks, like, my my garden's kind of out of control. Ugh. Yeah. There's been a fair bit of that. My garden hasn't seen sun in weeks. It's very sad. My tomato plants are 
three to four feet high. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of overshadowing the pepper plants a little bit. And I keep lettuce is just multiplying like rabbits. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, I have rabbits eating my lettuce. So, you know, it, it all works out in the end. And I think my strawberry plant took, but I don't think I'm going to get strawberries from it. Probably not the first year. Mm-mm. So, <sighs> that's my gardening. I'll yep. send you some well, of ours. We've been having 25, 26 degree days the last couple, which is somewhere around 80, I think. Wow. We've been freezing. Nice. I relate to Keza. Not quite <laughs> as cold as Keza, but yeah. It's going to be 90 tomorrow. <laughs> and humid. It's awful. Uh, and it's yeah. a national holiday. Oh, that was what I was like here today. It's my birthday. <laughs> It's a national holiday. Your birthday's a national holiday? Wow. I think it's a day off. I didn't understand why my my birthday wasn't printed on calendars because I assumed that it was a national holiday. (laughs) Uh, Okay. A little, you know, narcissistic, but hey, I'm an only child, so I'm allowed to be. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to be 90, and it's going to rain tomorrow because it always rains on my birthday. Just one of those things. Just like it always snows on Kelly's. I guess. When is her birthday? I don't remember. But it always mm. snows. Sometime in the winter. <laughs> within a week of her birthday. One would hope, yes. Oh, well. Well, there's a lot of people getting snowed. If her birthday snowed. was in August and it always snowed on her birthday, that would be a little weird. Well, if she's in Australia, it might not be so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So. We're way off course. Anyway, Neville is worried about Teddy because he's been having trouble in class and also he hasn't seen him morph a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And the only time that Tonks wasn't morphing was when she was worried about Remus. So, yeah. But it's just that he hasn't been very public with it because he doesn't want people pestering him to morph all the time. Right. And he, he is pretty much alone. <laughs> he doesn't spend a lot of time in the common room. He spends most of his time up in his room. And mm-hmm. had he had other dorm mates, they would have probably got him out more often. But since mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have that, he's kind of rattles around up there by himself. Well, with Chex. With his cat. And I like yep. that he goes to hang out with Chex and she's off hunting and brings back some spiders for him. <laughs> there you go. What cats do. Yep. And she goes over and wants to be praised because she brought the spiders. <laughs> and all I could mm-hmm. think of was it's a good thing Ron's not there. Goodbye, friend of Hagrid. Can we panic now? <laughs> no, but they were dead. He'll be okay with them. Yeah. Remember? He's okay yeah. with them. Ron would have died. Because he had to get used to the dead spiders for potions, so. Yeah, that's true. I heard somewhere that Rupert Grint is also terrified of spiders, so. It was a good casting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we leave and, and they're chatting after dinner. Uh, as the detention ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the end. And they head off to bed. And okay. we move to the next chapter, and that's when the detention actually is. Right. First, we have History of Magic class, where Jeffrey Phillips is being annoying again. Yeah, and, uh, he's God. not a very popular person. <laughs> so, it reminds so me of my brother. Just loves causing trouble for the sake of trouble. Mm-hmm. He's almost like the anti-Malfoy. Like, not in the sense that he's, like, mean and obnoxious, but, like, his logic is, like, the polar opposite of the, the mudblood 
pure blood ideology, you know, mm-hmm. like it's almost grating because like that's what I feel like when I read it. I'm just like, oh, not again. And I skim it just because it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, but you, everyone knows someone who thinks that their idea is the only way that it's going to work. Right. And mm-hmm. getting them to change their mind is a huge feat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but eventually they managed to get him to shut up, at least for the lesson. And Defense Against the Dark Arts is going better because apparently Robards isn't treating him with kid gloves anymore, so things are perking up. And Honoria is even not horrible to him. She basically ignores him, I think. But mm-hmm. it's because she's discovered somebody else to be horrible to instead. So, yeah. Yeah. She's a winner. But Isn't she, though? should just lock her and Jeffrey in a room together for a while, you know? Yeah. <laughs> either Let him go at it. Boyfriend and girlfriend, or they'll kill each other, one or the other. But yes, he's rushing through dinner because he's excited that he's got detention. It's his first ever detention. And <laughs> Harry always has adventures on detention. <laughs> yep. Best time. Oh, dear. Yeah, and yeah, everybody's there. So the the Hufflepuffs are there ahead of him, and the Ravenclaws get there, and here comes the lone Slytherin, and Professor Longbottom's like, "Uh, we're missing a Gryffindor," and here comes Ruthless, and she's just ticking. I've been waiting in the common room. You left without me. How could you do that? And she's smacking him around, and <laughs> and I can see her like punching with the syllable, like waiting, could like each each like word or each like. It phrase like punching him in the arm yeah. to make her point across. <laughs> As you said earlier, he doesn't spend a lot of time in his common room. And Where you go, Frankie's for making fun you of him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like detention. <laughs> uh. Yes, apparently ruthless gets in trouble for fighting a fair bit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has a, a pretty short temper, I believe. So, and I, I she's a redhead, so it kind of fits. <laughs> and they head down to the hill into the shadow of the Whomping Willow, where there's a flat patch of fragrant green plants, and mm-hmm. there's sap-sucking stealth weed that's among the fluxweed crop. And the only way you can tell is you can watch the stealth weed moving, and you have to mm-hmm. kind of follow it down and pull it out by the roots and. And I like that he kind of just gets into this almost trance doing it. I mean, I've pulled enough weeds in my time to know that you can just kind of get into this trance thing and it's just you and the weeds. That's all there is. (laughs) So, but first Neville comes over and says, is there a problem? And he says, you know, I could stop the Whomping Willow. And Neville's like, no, we don't want people to know that that's possible. And Teddy's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. And this is one little bit where you can tell... Neville's thinking of Harry a little bit because he says, you know, don't think of that as your own personal passage to Hogsmeade because there's alarms on the shack and everything, and Teddy hadn't even considered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we find out here that the goblins repossessed the Shrieking Shack, and they won't let him have it back, and so mm-hmm. it doesn't belong to the family anymore. So He's a little bit miffed mm-hmm. about that, but can't think of anything to do about it so far. So. Mm-hmm. And then, but he sort of nips them in the bud because Bernice has this idea that the willow might be a danger because they're the forest guard, don't you know? They've got to protect the school and everything. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, really, it's part of the line of defense, so leave it alone. Yeah, and they finally take his word for it. Doesn't He's quite a work, but at least they, they don't go on a mission anyway. Mm-hmm. I kind 
of feel bad for Neville because like he's over by the willow and they're they're doing their thing and they're pulling these weeds and he he sits on a, ro- a rock to observe the detention. I almost feel like he wants to be down on the ground with them pulling the roots because that's just the type of person he is. It's, if it has to do with dirt and plants, he's there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be. And yeah, I like. I kind that- of wonder what he's thinking about there. He's sort of standing and looking wary by the willow. So yeah, he's remembering things, although we don't know what he might have had to do with the willow in the past. Mm-hmm. So then they finish their detention. Oh, and I wanted to say that I like that this is something that has to be done by hand. It can't be done mm-hmm. with magic. Mm-hmm. In order to, there have to be some things like that, right? That after the next few days, Teddy gets all kinds of owls because uh, Professor Longbottom had told Uncle Harry. And so he gets a letter from Harry, who's just tickled pink, and then one from <laughs> Granny, who's not real happy about the whole thing. And <laughs> Victoire is, like, all excited. Tell me what you did. What was it like? <laughs> She's probably got the same ideas about detention as he does. Mm-hmm. And George sends congratulations note. On his mm-hmm. first attention. Yeah. And reminiscence. And basically, it all does come down to no one gets out of Hogwarts without a detention. Ask Anne Hermione. Right. And I think I have a little tale that relates to all this stuff, but I got a call from my aunt when I got my first C in college because that was the first C I had ever gotten on a marking period, on a report card, on an anything. And yeah. <laughs> she called me <laughs> to congratulate me for being the <laughs> and then I was all upset about it, but she made me laugh because, you know, sometimes my family just didn't get where my obsession with having perfect grades and, and all that stuff came from. Not because my family's not smart, just because they just chose to do things that didn't involve studying and, and doing tests and things like that. So, but yeah, I got a call on my first C. Congratulations. All right. <laughs> I like Maurice. He says, if you want to rebel against your family, you'll just have to behave. (laughs) They're all like, oh, hey, you've got a detention. Isn't that great? Yay. She's like, then uh, I'd get letters from Percy and Molly Weasley, which might include food. And Maurice is like, ooh, could we try Polyjuice Potion and trade? I get the food and you can... You know, have the experience of being brooded at by the Burks. Teddy's like, well, yeah. you could just come visit. Yeah, apparently nobody's ever invited Maurice to visit before. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Teddy has taken to insulting or ordering the map around. Because then... Because <laughs> the then they insult him. <laughs> yeah, because they insult him. And later on, he tells Harry that he does this, and Harry's just like... You're a strange boy. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but something tells me that, that the author had a really awesome time coming up with these responses. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> they're always hilarious. She has such a good, I don't even know the right word to kind of put to this, but she has a very, she's very good comedic timing mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. these chapters. Like, I laugh more than anything, you know, there's nothing super serious right now and it just makes you laugh about things and it's refreshing after reading so much angst sometimes like it just mm-hmm. it's nice to laugh at, at being 11 mm-hmm. yeah I like, think things that in the actual series 
there's those funny, innocent moments at the beginning, and then by the time you get to the fifth and sixth and seventh books, they're not as present because there's so much more angst in the situation. Yeah, so. they're not as innocent. Yeah. Bins gives his first detention ever when Jeffrey disrupts <laughs> the class again. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you get detention in Bins' class? You have to shut up and sit there. All you have to do is sleep and drool. What are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I like how he shows up the next day in class with tape over his mouth. And everybody's like, yes! And he's like, you're supposed to feel sorry for me. And they're like, no. He's trying to make a political statement and it just doesn't work. No. Fighting a losing battle. Yes, he's going to be going on hunger strikes and things in the next few fix, I suppose. Mm. We'll see. That's not a spoiler. We don't know that for sure. No. I have no idea what he's doing. He just seems the type. And we have this really short paragraph that says, you know, we had flying lessons. Teddy did okay. But he doesn't really care about flying. Oh, that's it. Must have crushed Harry. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a little bit of back and forth with Honoria again, who's picking on Franklin Driscoll. But uh, Tinny comes to his defense because uh, Honoria has no idea what he's talking about, all these muggle planes and everything. And then Tinny's also a pure blood and comes up with all this stuff that she knows about them from playing muggles and minions. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he but invites a- her to the game. Yes, but she is apparently horrified by Quidditch. Of course. Almost he's like not doing a so well in, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he's not doing so well in Transfiguration and Charms because he gets all his homework right, but he just can't do most of the practical stuff with his wand. Right. And Flitwick is just getting sadder and sadder about that because apparently Remus was really quite good in Charms. and Hence the map. Hello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And yeah. Teddy sort of says, well, maybe he might have left the, the shop too early or something, because he does realize it's not a good wand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Flitwick's going to write to his grandmother about getting a new wand. So. Yeah, I like that Flitwick flew into his version of a towering rage, which consisted of gesticulating a lot while he spoke normally. <laughs> <laughs> already pretty he speaks in a fairly excitable manner anyways so teddy this is sort of the last straw and he decides maybe he's going to try one of these other ones anyway even though his grandmother didn't want him to so he's got this leaf that's his homework he's supposed to transfigure it into a parchment and he gives it a try with remus's wand and sets it on fire too much power (laughs) he's just like oh no (laughs) <laughs> and then he puts it back in the trunk because he can't use it if it's going to set things on fire. Mm-hmm. And, and how many people thought of Dean? Is it no, Dean? No, no, that was Seamus. 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 Yep. Seamus in particular. <laughs> and his uh, tea into rum. But I don't think he blew that up in the book. It was in the movie. <laughs> no, he was just trying unsuccessfully to make it work. Yeah. yeah. And it is interesting because I thought at first she mixed them up because in, when he was trying them in the cottage, it was his mom's wand that blew up things. But mm-hmm. then it does mention that in the next paragraph. And 
So he goes in early to Transfiguration and says, uh, I kind of burned my leaf, and apparently the professor already knew he had another wand somewhere, or figured that out immediately. Yeah. Switched wands, did you? Mm-hmm. So he tells him that that's a common thing when you're using a different wand, because the strength that you might have needed to make something work with the inferior wand... If you're using that same amount of strength with a wand that actually works, then you're using way too much. Mm-hmm. It's just like certain pairs of scissors or the sprayers for your garden hose that have, you have one that's got a really stiff clamp or something like that. You mm-hmm. have to press really hard to get any water, and then you get a normal one, and it shoots all over the place or whatever. Right. Well, I definitely have, I have a good example of that. <laughs> New cars, like <laughs> my brake on my car, it takes a, a good, you know, bit of pressure to stop how you need it to stop but if you've ever driven like a rental car or like a new car oh boy are those brakes touchy like you just tap them and you're like jerking the car around and i yeah i think that that describes that whole um wand deal Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. yeah so he tries tries it again and he actually does manage to make it work the edges are a little bit charred still but the whole thing doesn't burst into flame, at least. Well, not at first. <laughs> and yeah. But at least it's parchment, and that's what counts. Right. Yeah, he's like, I did it, but it starts burning after that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. No, I kind he of sort did. of got there. So. Close enough. Yep. And so his transfiguration marks start going up, because he's actually got a wand that works, and charms are doing a little bit better, and he's like, all of a sudden, charms is his favorite class. And he's mm-hmm. discovered Alohomora. And he thinks that's just cool. <laughs> yep. Use it for everything. Alohomora! And he gets bored with a simple levitation spell, and so he gets the feather going around his head in a lazy figure eight. And Flitwick is just delighted. Now, that's the sort of charms work I'd expect from somebody named Lupin. And then he, of course, immediately is contrite, because, you know, can you just... Envision Andromeda is written yeah. to everyone. She's right about there. Not caring him too much. <laughs> Her face just kind of appears. He's like, oops, didn't mean to do this. But Teddy mm-hmm. loves it because it's actually finding out stuff about his dad. That's really cool. Yeah, that's good for him. And I have to say that my text reader really liked Old Slughorn. Instead of Sluggy, it was Sludgy. <laughs> dad, I interested Old Sludgy very much. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yes, he's not going to appreciate you this. You <laughs> Yeah. So he invites Donzo along to help him set off his new fireworks from George. And mm-hmm. the Does anyone else read Donzo and think Gonzo from the Muppets? Because that's what I read. Every time I read it, it gives me a little chuckle. <laughs> Especially when he goes Sorry. berserker. Ladies and Are you okay? Uh, I'm sure. Just a couple of tomato burns and cabbage cuts. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought of that, yeah. but there you go. I guess Sorry. I'm not a Muppets kid. So. Continue on. <laughs> I like that when he invites him out, Don's just like, but we have class first thing Friday morning. <laughs> He's like, you live with a band. <laughs> so. Don't tell me you can't stay up late. <laughs> what? Sometimes it's one of those things that 
he's the antithesis of every rock star that you would ever think of. He doesn't party. He doesn't, you know, do all these bad things. He's a general bookworm and a Ravenclaw who's concerned about having class in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Teddy's going to use the map to uh, sneak them out, but he doesn't actually tell anybody that that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I get to use shield vests in defense, which are a Weasley mm-hmm. thing. Yep, and he gets knocked out. And sent to the hospital wing. Where he doesn't want to go because he's afraid she's going to keep him. And he has plans for tonight. And she mm-hmm. kind of knows. <laughs> yeah. She's probably she expected this before. Yeah, I thought that was hysterical. And she's like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Just don't get hurt. She's had lupus in this hospital wing before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he's she's a cool school nurse ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, if it was Harry, she'd have kept him. Yeah, Harry, she'd have chained him to the bed, because otherwise he'd have set himself on fire with the fireworks. Burnt down the forest, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I did like that. She's like, uh, do be careful not to track mud in the corridors. Mr. Filch does enjoy following mud tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll know exactly who did it. Mm-hmm. So there. Ploy works. Madame Pince kicks him out of the library for playing that game in here. And they head on out, and they're on their way to the cove that George has told them about, but they... They're intercepted. Yeah. They run into some other happenings. Um, before that, do the others know now about the map? No, he, okay. goes, he goes over to the in. door and pretends like he's looking through the door as he looks at it, and then he puts it away before he goes back to them mm-hmm. and calls them. All through. right, I- he thinks about making up some excuse for it, but he decides just not to tell them anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just excuses himself from them and walks over and kind of does it. So, and we have. But it turns out Bernice was not so convinced by his argument earlier, and she's going to check out the Whomping Willow. And yeah, she's trying to burn it down. <laughs> oh goodness! There's a little something wrong with her. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. but. She takes oh, yeah. this way too, too seriously. She's yeah. into this forest guard stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Teddy sees her and he doesn't know it's her because she's got a cloak on and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And she raises the wand again to set the on fire and he says, Petrificus Totalis and the Whomping Willow knocks Dork. her to the ground. Yeah. Because he's using yeah. his mom's wand and he's probably got lots of excitement behind it. So he's lucky that he doesn't <laughs> Like, turn her into a real board, you know? <laughs> mm. Stop her heart yeah. or something. Yeah. But unfortunately, it makes her stiff as a board, and the tree whacks into her and breaks some bones, and she flies through the air, so not so great. Yep. And then they get caught by yeah. Professor Longbottom. He seems to be around a lot. They're in trouble now. He's looking out for things. He is. And once again, they're. Maybe he walks the ground in trouble for something that they really haven't done, except for that... They snuck out, pretty much, yeah. that's it. But. Yeah, they were breaking curfew, but still, if they hadn't, she probably would have burned more of the willow and gotten knocked out by that or, or something. Mm-hmm. And then not found until morning or later. And if the willow had gotten a hold of her within reach... Or the red cats got her. Yeah. So. yeah. Those red cats are nasty. They are nasty. You think that the school would have thought to get rid of them sooner? Well, they kind of talk about it later, and it's you know mm-hmm. they just say it's in a couple later chapters. Decided. It says they've tried, but it doesn't really work very well because if you attack one of them 
they all sort of swarm. And then if there's too much trouble with that, then there's more blood spilled. And so more of them show up. Mm-hmm. So It's just like thinking about it, just like there's kids running around. And if one of them did separate, they'd be in a lot more trouble. And if they got like the ores up there to help boot them out, it just seems like it's a really bad accident waiting to happen sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably is. That may come up later. I don't know. Once again, yeah. I'll just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. She's sitting at her head. <laughs> I know nothing. 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 nothing <laughs> Red caps? What are those? Haven't seen those. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but yes, uh, Bernice is adamant she's been protecting the school from a threat, but uh, nobody's taking her at all seriously. Mm-hmm. And well, at Neville this point, says, they really need to pop a bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Neville says, come on, you're not protecting anybody from anything. Just calm down. Leave the other things out of it. And he also says to Teddy, yeah, that was a good idea, but try and think of a better spell is, uh, yeah, not the best idea. Yeah. Mm. You were trying to help, but yeah. Use your head. And that makes Teddy really doubt himself. Mm. For the next few days, he's really down on himself thinking that he could have caused her a whole lot more harm and that everybody's going to think bad of him for what he's done. And they Mm -hmm. don't really do that, but he's half expecting them to. He has this little moment where he wishes it had been Honoria or Jeffrey instead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's an 11-year-old. Yeah. I know we would have cared if they got hurt, that sort of thing. I think also this is like typical. It might not be typical, but... I recognize it in being an only child that I, I internalize things. When I do something wrong, I think that it's like this huge flaw and that you just want to do everything perfect because you're the only one who has to do it because you're the only child sort of a thing. So I feel for him and his melancholy for the couple of days. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then he's starting to hear something else. There's this rumor going on which will make things even worse because now Uncle Harry's showing up at Hogwarts. Yep, he's coming in <laughs> to be a guest speaker. So on to Chapter 8, and everybody in Defense Against the Dark Arts is trying to be a standout, so they'll be called on when <laughs> Harry shows up. Mm-hmm. I'd look cool for Harry. <laughs> yeah, they're scrambling around trying to get everything together. and Studying their final battle lore and... Yeah, which Teddy just hates. Because talking about off comments about his dad that people don't realize they're making, it's just a name in a textbook and a place and a person and Miss Scarlet in the the ballroom with the hammer sort of a thing. Yeah. (laughs) They're probably mistaking him for other werewolves around there. Oh, yeah, because we know we have lots of those. And so he's becoming more of a loner than ever. He sort of spends most of his time in his dorm checking out the map and playing with Checkmate. Mm-hmm. But some of his group are being a little bit of a buffer for him. Frankie gets the world's easiest attention for uh, going off on some older years who are talking about werewolves. Right. Yeah, Neville says, eh, just do your homework. <laughs> Here's some food. <laughs> Butterbeer and chocolate. <laughs> So. Cure all for everything. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of butterbeer, I a friend of mine from college. I haven't talked to her in quite some time, but on Facebook, she went to the Harry Potter mm-hmm. Universal Studios Orlando, and she tried the butterbeer there, and she said it was delicious. 
So yeah. mm-hmm. for those going out or who have been comments on, on your thoughts, but I've heard good things. So yeah, on my list, there's an article I don't think I'm going. On, I think Mugglenet had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody I don't went think... and did a review of a bunch of the food that they have, which is apparently amazing. So yeah, the yeah. food sounds wonderful. I was a little scary by about the haggis that might possibly show up. Cause you know, that's traditional Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want that. But I think I'm going to go next year, let it still be popular, but not the hysteria of it being brand new. You don't want to mm. wait in line for eight hours just to get into the park? No. Oh, gee. Did you see that picture? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I might be bad, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy stuff. I'm not getting any younger here. The older I get, the more waiting eight hours for something and camping out just does not sound fun. I mean, even just to be on the, in the line for that long would be bad. But at the end of that, you're on the ride. This is just to get through the gate. Yeah. You know? I hope they all bring foldy chairs. All right, well, here's... Can you imagine standing for eight hours? I could probably read at least the first and second book in eight hours, if not the entirety of the sixth book in eight hours, if I had to like sit there and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. The uh, link I just put in the the thing is the picture of the people standing mm-hmm. in line. Yeah. Which one? I sent the oh, one about that, the okay. food review thing. Yeah, the food is Shoot, absolutely long line. holy heck and a half. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Does anybody have like, chairs? Because oh my god. Yeah, I mean, insane. And should start a campaign to go like in a like line. February. It's like a sea of people. Mm-hmm. We're way off course. Okay. Anyway, we were talking about Frankie's wonderful detention, and then... Mm-hmm. Teddy comes downstairs, so at one point he's taken to hiding up in his dorm room because everybody's talking about the war and the battle. So he comes downstairs to pick up a book, and Ruthless is down there, and she says, Oh, come on, let's let's play a game. Nobody else is here. I don't want to listen to them talking about that either. And so mm-hmm. they play a little exploding snap. Morphing snap. Morphing snap. Because <laughs> he has to morph every time he loses a hand. And she has to put a glamour charm on. A cosmetic charm. Yeah. And at the end, he's like, you, you don't, don't look that as bad as, gr- as a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you want to find out how you look like one? And they grin at mm-hmm. each other and stuff. So, yeah, they have a real bonding time here. Yeah. I'm not sure how that would look, really. He's got an owl's beak and cat ears and skin the pattern of the upholstery. Yeah. Kinda... <laughs> there you go. He's been trying some things with the map, but it is not working very well. Mm-mm. Nor is teaching his cat to do tricks, which yeah. I'm not terribly surprised. But yeah. <laughs> I didn't think cats did tricks. Sometimes. I just heard this great story about a college student that Clicker trained his cat. And he trained it to step on, I don't know, it was a piece of paper or something that he was able to drag across the floor. And every time mm-hmm. the cat would step on it, he'd clicker and he'd give it a treat. So the cat learned to go step on it. And he was able to go further and further each time. And what he ended up doing was putting that on a light that was like touch sensitive. And so he'd get in bed and he'd mm-hmm. tell the cat, touch it, and the cat would go turn off the light for him. And he'd throw the treat into the dark, and the cat would pounce on it. And so the cat turned off <laughs> his light every night. Huh. I fun. mean, I guess it's possible, but is that really, like, a good use of one's time? Well, he said... That's a fun use of one's time. That the cat oh, thought maybe. it was great, because the cat 
cats. In the cats mentality, it was, I've trained my human to give me a treat every time I touch this. <laughs> so, Yeah, I guess that's true of cats. People have trained cats to use the toilet to go to the bathroom in and actually flush it. So they're pretty my, smart. My friend had a cat that did that. Although she didn't have to train it. It just did it. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, one day they just happened to look out. and One of them was in the shower, just looked over, and there's the cat. <laughs> Do you mind? You like the cat was like... <laughs> Cat was like five years old. Never, no one had ever seen it even like go near the toilet. And all of a sudden, they just happened to look one day and think, there it's going. Mm. Yeah. I've seen a video where the cat was just randomly flushing the toilet, but it wasn't actually using it. <laughs> the people who their water bill was shooting up month after month, and they, okay, what's going on? Is there a leak somewhere? And they test test all these things out, and then at some point, I guess it was while they were away that this was usually happening, and the guy comes back into the house early and hears this running water and he caught the cat on video flushing the toilet again and again, staring at the swirling water. Yeah. Such joys, these cats. Mm-hmm. We're way off course. Back right. to the scene. Yes. He's trying to do some things for fixing the map, but nothing seems to work. He tries to write on it with his quill and it just makes rude gestures at him and any spells he tries to cast just aren't doing much of anything. Yeah, when he puts the ink on it, it spits the ink back out into his face. Mm-hmm. Its responses to attempted magic were either nothing or explosions of indignity. Some of the drawings that appeared, he was absolutely certain were his father's. They could have walked off of his nursery walls, except that none of the characters on his nursery ever did such obnoxious things. Yeah. <laughs> And then someone knocks on his door. Mm -hmm. Oi, Lupin! And it's ruthless. And she says, there's this old man outside that says he's come to kidnap you for a ransom. I told him no one (laughs) would pay for you, but he said he'd give it a go anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you know that it had been anyone else but her. They'd have been fawning all over Harry. Oh, yeah. She's just like, ah, well, whatever, it's you. You know? (laughs) <laughs> but maybe she just seriously didn't know. No, because he showed her the scar. She's a scrimjar. She had to have known mm-hmm. she saw the scar. I think she figured it out if, if she didn't know to start with, at least. Mm-hmm. She probably figured it out. Who else would be she- kidnapping Lupin? Going for an evening in Hogsmeade. So he leaves the cat, and off they go. And he's like, I don't think I can go. And Harry's like, yeah, well, you need to sign letter from your grandmother. That's it? Wow. <laughs> We'll start forging them right away. <laughs> Where's Dean when you need him? Really? So, and here we have uh, Harry asking, so how'd flying lessons go? And Teddy's like, I didn't crash. <laughs> <laughs> That's an accomplishment. Harry's just like, oh. Like, <laughs> Do you think that if Harry had grown up in wizarding society... Do you think he'd still be fascinated with flying and he would be as interested in it? or uh, Maybe not as much, but probably just because he was sort of a natural at it. And, uh, uh, I just wonder, it. like, you know, because it was something new and fascinating and like things that he only read about in fairy tales, if that added to his yeah. leave of doing it or if he just was exhilarated by it and would have been exhilarated by it no matter what happened. I think he was exhilarated by it, and he had a love for it, and it would have just been like that no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
But it probably did make some difference because it, it was the first thing out of all of them that he knew he could do right away. So And do it well. But he would have liked it at any rate anyway. And all the people in Hogsmeade have to come out of their houses and say hello and mm-hmm. as they're going down the street. <laughs> but it's not nearly as bad as Diagon Alley because the people in Hogsmeade all remember Harry as a kid, as mm-hmm. a troublemaking what? kid. <laughs> Why did Harry, like, drop the disguised charms? You think it would have just been easier just to go down the street? I don't know. Uh, I f- guess they figured it wouldn't matter too much. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. head off to the Three Broomsticks and get their meals and a butterbeer, and I guess they're having, well, it seems like a late supper to me, but it's not as much in England, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have called it a late supper. And Harry has to get his godfatherly duties done first, so he talks to him about the wand. Mm-hmm. And Teddy's worried he's going to take them away, but apparently Andromeda is sort of okay with it. She's just mm-hmm. worrying now that she made him leave the shop too early, and all this stuff. and yeah. They're going back to Ollivander's over Christmas. And we kind of find out what happened. Dean Thomas mm, was... Yeah, this was really kind of neat. Yeah. Dean Thomas was in a pickle. Dollahuff has, was on him and he didn't have a wand. And Remus threw him the wand so that he could put up a shield charm. But then Dollahuff was able to get Remus. And so the wand didn't change allegiances because it wasn't forcefully taken. It was given up. And then with Tonks, they don't really know what happened. They just know that she put it down before Mm. Bellatrix got to her. And they figure maybe she knew she didn't have time to do anything that would help. And she definitely didn't want Bella to win her wand, so she put it down. Mm -hmm. And they think that probably both of them were thinking of him as they died. So that would have given more of their allegiance or the wand's allegiance to him than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes a lot of sense. It does. Yeah. And Harry sort of got that from Ollivander, but he never told Andromeda because mm-hmm. they just wanted to see how it would go, I guess. Right. But he is a little bit worried about Teddy kind of acting like he did with the mirror, how he's sort of spending most of his time in his dorm and mm-hmm. dwelling on dreams and forgetting to live. Right. Yeah. I like that sentence where he sort of compares them. He says, your grandmother is worried about how other people will act around you. I'm worried about what it means to you. Because mm-hmm. you shouldn't be necessarily concentrating on getting everything you possibly can of your parents. You should be living your life as well. Right. And then he says, and I brought presents. Uh-huh. <laughs> Molly made him a jumper. I'm putting yep. stuff out of the way. Now it's time for fun. <laughs> so they have a nice meal and talk about his friends. Yep. James went to go see a flying match or a flying exhibition or show. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a it muggle. Me, it's kind of like Stars on Ice or something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I went and I thought it was like a an airplane that's, flying show. That's where I that went. That was right where I went to. And then reading it again, I was like, oh, it, it's like an acrobatic flying broom show thing. Yep. Oops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with Aunt Jenny. We should have known it had something to do with brooms. With I, like, I like that Teddy's completely forgot that Donzo's family is connected to Quidditch as well as the band. And he's like, oh, don't tell Jenny that if you like your biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> And then of course, Vic is happy to get letters from Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Teddy's like, well, she saw the wands. 
And Harry's like, yeah, but we've all know that now and you're still doing it. So good for you. You're being very generous. Mm-hmm. But she tells him about every, what everybody's doing. So mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I do like their little banter here. It's like, so I'm coming up to lecture. Most of the stories I tell the first years, you'll probably already know, but uh, the others will be receiving great wisdom beyond their years. And Teddy's like, so they'll almost catch up with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're very clever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Harry gives him a hug and kisses his head because if they walk too much closer to the school, someone might see. <gasps> oh, no. Uncle Harry. <laughs> yeah. So typical eleven year old boy. Eleven. Gets him in a headlock and Teddy shrinks his head and runs out, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this part is just so touching because Harry sends a Patronus up to get somebody to come and let them in the gates. And Teddy's like, Will you teach me that someday? And Harry says, Teddy, I will allow absolutely no one else to teach you, of all people, that particular spell. And I believe we'll do it when you're in third year, because mm-hmm. that's when Remus taught him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly on schedule for Potter and a Lupin. Mm-hmm. Are you sure about this, Harry? You know, this is very advanced magic, well beyond the ordinary wizarding level. I'm sure. Well, everything's prepared. Now, the spell I'm going to try to teach you is called the Patronus Charm. Did you ever hear of it? No? Well, Patronus is a kind of positive force, and for the wizard who can conjure one, it works something like a shield with a Dementor feeding on it rather than him. Yeah. They talked to Professor Longbottom. And Neville has a nice bottle of... Uh, Kool-Aid! And whoever's editing that needs to put Kool-Aid in right there, because that's all I thought of. <laughs> because what is Kool-Aid but flavored water? Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> but not in Land. No, not in Land. As well. Somebody I know went to some restaurant the other day, and they actually have Kool-Aid that you can order. You can order any color you want. Mm. I was like, okay, that's just a little strange. Kind of- I think I've been over the Kool-Aid stuff since I was, like, six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just weird. I never really had it very much, even when I was little, but it's still weird. Well, we had a lot when we were little. Mm-hmm. We had the actual fruit juice. It's tastier. And healthier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The false advertising, I, you know, the oh, yeah, Kool-Aid man popping through the, the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're expecting him to show up every now and then. Maybe I don't know. I like the pink lemonade. Any of the red? I always like the green one. Mm, the green one wasn't bad. Don't give me grape. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't grape have enough experience of the flavors to know. So I like real grapes. I like grape juice. I don't like grape flavored things. Mm-hmm. But I think that boils down to I was drinking a, a can of of grape pop, grape soda, however you want to call it. When I was little, like younger than, than three, because I really don't remember, but I've been told the story, and a bee flew in, yeah. and I drank it, Ooh. and it stung my tongue. <sighs> Thankfully, they found out I wasn't allergic to bees, but yeah. my tongue swelled up, and so I don't know if it's from that, that I don't like grape things, that I put this connotation, but ugh, grape popsicles, grape, yeah, no, not not anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. well, that makes sense. But I got to eat popsicles for a week. <laughs> just not grape ones. <laughs> just not grape ones. 
Popsicles, I think, and pudding is what I lived on while I waited for my tongue to swell, to de-swell. Mm. Well, when you're three, that's, like, great. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like getting your tonsils out. We're way off course. So, Harry's teaching classes, and he's Mm. at the staff table. It takes him two days to get through everybody, because he has to have a lecture for each year. I like that he's having dinner with uh, Professor Longbottom and Haggard, and they look not much different from the groups of friends among the students, and they half, Teddy half expected them to start flicking vegetables at one another. <laughs> I can see that. Food fight! <laughs> and then... So we go through and get to Harry's class. Mm-hmm. Teddy's class Teddy's with Harry. Class. And uh, at one point during that dinner, I skipped this bit, Harry comes by and says hi to Teddy and mentions that he still feels kind of like he should be sitting at the Gryffindor table and half the Gryffindors get up and they sit here. The, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> Not quite that hard, though. So I like who he's in his uh, the class and he's like, as first years, you don't know much magic. What's the smartest thing for you to do if you find yourself in danger? Ron. And, and Corky raises his hands and he's like, would that be going past a giant three-headed dog dropping into a pile of devil's snare and playing a mad chess game just to get to the dark wizard on the other side? <laughs> that is the best answer. Decidedly not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've thought of something other than devil's snare by now anyway. <laughs> so then he's like, you got a better answer? And he's like, yep, run! Mm-hmm. And Harry has to stop himself from expecting more of them, ends up sort of yeah. shrinking the room. I guess he, mm. no, he just moves, gives them a round table to sit at. Right. He's like, are we waiting for, oh, yeah, that's right, there's not very many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea is to get out of whatever trouble you happen to be in, and uh, Maurice gives the new Slytherin motto, which is keep an eye on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because according to Honoria, Honoria, how do you say that? Honoria. 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 Possibly Honoria. Mm. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, whatever but. her name is. Miss Higgs. Slytherin House is honorable. Teddy's like wondering exactly how honorable is, you know, insulting the war dead and making fun of people and genuinely just being a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. And Maurice says, Slytherin is planning on taking care of its own problems from now on. And Harry's like... <laughs> Slytherin ought to make sure it talks to its head of house first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so he teaches them a few little spells. They learn Point Me and Hermione's Bluebell Flame Charm, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And Teddy's just sort of observing his teaching style, and he thinks it's the best one yet. Right. It's different (laughs) from... Quite neat. Professor Longbottoms, and it's different from Robertson's. And while he's sort of wandering about and thinking after supper, or I guess they haven't quite set it up, so they all sort of have to leave. Teddy's thinking a little bit, wandering around outside, and he gets a little bit of a clue to the riddle the map gave him in the chapter last week Mm -hmm. about how to fix things. He decides he's going over to see Uncle Harry and... Professor Longbottom, who are chatting in the greenhouse. Yeah. There's a kind of a spy cam, basically, that Neville's got <laughs> set up, and he realizes it's there, so he morphs so it doesn't see him, and he sneaks past it. And then 
Neville's like, um, how'd you get past the spy cam? And he's like, oh, was that what it was? Neville's like, yeah, good try. If you didn't know that's what it was, you wouldn't have morphed. And he's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But he overhears a little bit, and we find out that Miss Higgs has been hanging out with Rita. Yeah. Old family friend, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is never good. And that's all Harry needs to hear about her. Mm. So. Yeah. And so Teddy chats with them a little bit, but he kind of notices they aren't as easy with each other with him there. So he decides to head off again. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's going to get back to the castle before he's out of bounds. So yeah, And he goes to sleep and he kind of has some dreams. And when he wakes up, he wakes up with the thought, what binds is bound to be bonded. And, and he's going to try using his father's wand to check out the map. Yeah. On to chapter nine. That being that's mark. I like how he tries to convince himself that what he's doing, it's not going to really work. So that if it doesn't really work, he won't be disappointed. And if it works, then he'll be okay with it. So it's just mm-hmm. a different wand. I'm not them. Perhaps it won't really work. And I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. And, and something time, different happens. Hmm. He's like, okay, this is different. He's like, what do I do now? He's not really sure what to expect, but... Yeah, there's little drawings of the Animagus forms, which is kind of fun. Yeah, there's a little bubble boy that comes up, or a little stick figure boy, and it's like, then it tells him what to do. And and the wolf jumps around and leaves these little paw prints everywhere, and everywhere there's a paw print, there's something that's been left. So they have to go find... So, yeah... We don't need Hufflepuffs if we have the map because we don't need the Hufflepuffs that are good finders because the map will tell you where everything is. Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders. Mm-hmm. Or this goes it's to true. show that Peter really should have been in Hufflepuff. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so yes, there are paw prints all over the place with things that are connected to Remus in those spots. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and most of them are in the third year dormitory, which must have been their dormitory at some other point because I don't know if this is a fanon thing. I think it's canon that you stay in the same dorm the entire time you're there. They just rotate which year it is. Yeah, I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Well, if you think about when they would talk about Harry and Ron's dorm room, they mentioned like the the outside the door it would change the year that they were in. So they went up to the whatever level they were in, and, and instead of it saying third year, it said fourth year, or whatever. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I Which think they were sense. on the fifth floor or something like that. Well, you kind of get used to that space. It would be weird to move every year. So yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. So when apparently the, the Marauders, people. when they came in, it was the top floor that was theirs. So. Mm-hmm. They'll have to find ways to get into the other dorm at some point. Yeah. The third year Gryffindors who are having hex wars because they really don't like each other. (laughs) But he's going to go down to the common room because it's empty right now and see if he can figure out where these spots are. Because one of them is near the bookshelf. One of them is apparently on the sofa. And the third is some random spot. And so he starts taking apart the couch and he thinks about it, and he's like, you know, if the house elves have kept this couch really, really clean, and they've even repaired a spot. And so he opens up the inside of the couch. And I love that he you can tell that he's been hanging around Hermione because he thinks about the extra work he's going to cause a house elf while he does this. 
but he still mm-hmm. goes down in there. And, he wants to find things, so. And of course, there's all kinds of junk down in there. There's candy wrappers, and there's food, and there's popcorn. I'm sure there's popcorn. There's always popcorn. In the <laughs> Wheels and some sickles. It's usually your quarters and dimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a box with RJL written on it. Yeah. When he pulls it out, he finds out that it was a birthday present from Remus's parents to him, and that he must have lost it like right away. It had fallen yeah. out in the couch, and the house mm-hmm. also repaired it. So I could see him sitting in front of the fire and putting the box down next to him, like right, you know, where the the seat cushions met, mm-hmm. and putting on the watch. And then the rest of the marauders, you know, horsing around or giving him other gifts for his birthday and it's slipping down and him not realizing it. Yeah. And then not realizing it when they gather everything up and then he wouldn't really know where to look for it. Yeah. Especially if that spot's been repaired. And of course, Ruthless comes down and catches him and says, oh, is that for your birthday or something? And he says, no, it was my father's. And she doesn't really understand. No. Then she's asked if he's going to go down to the Hufflepuff because Frankie's got a new game going. And he's also wanting to planning another forest run. And Teddy just wants to find all the missing stuff. But he thinks, I have to get out of my room, too. And he remembers what Harry said. So he mm-hmm. decides yeah. to go with her. And he kind of invites her to breakfast, <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> Do you want to go to breakfast with me? And she's like, no, I thought I'd go hungry. Not have any for the game. <laughs> yeah, and apparently he's really not thinking about much while he's playing the game. And they're like, um, you just cast a spell. You're a muggle. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. His head's totally not in the game. Mm. Not at all. But Frankie's looking so, out for him, which is really kind of good. Yeah. So he talks about it a little bit, but he doesn't want to say too much. Mm-hmm. Frank, he doesn't really mind, but Teddy sort of snaps himself out of it for the rest of the day anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Especially because he doesn't want people thinking that he's mad. Yeah. So he decides to get his head in the game. So he's getting better marks in charms still. Mm-hmm. They're sort of, he's got as far as he's going to get in Transfiguration, which he's a little bit disappointed, but. And he gets a good test in defense, and they have another visit to the forest and find some sleeping fairies. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and then a reporter from Witch Weekly shows up to follow Donzo around. And mm-hmm. Tinny somehow ends up being his best friend slash girlfriend, just because she was sending him bits for the next game they were going to have. And Honoria is being annoying, and more annoying still, as time goes on. But eventually, she gets detention from Slughorn. So, yeah, so she starts, she doesn't say anything out loud anymore. She just kind of mumbles things. Yes. She apparently sends a little bit that gets published in the prophet and is quite smug. But nobody really cares, so that kind of messes up the smugness. No. And Teddy's still on his quest. He finds some mortar around a stone and has to figure out some way to get it out without damaging things. So he ends up having to study his charms more in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And there was a very complicated essay from several years past him about transfiguring things. He's not quite sure what to do with it, so he just kind of puts it in his growing collection. He discovers the weird spot in the middle of nowhere is, in fact, a floorboard that has, or I guess it's their floor stones in the common room. Mm-hmm. But they've got various students have 
put their initials in them, and some of them are Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prong. So he finds a little pit that's under the common room floor. Yep, and he gets a dusty wrapped package, and it's just kind of a bet that they've got going that he'll yeah. he'll forget about this hole since Filch has already confiscated the map at this point, and you know, Apparently whenever you did. find it, you'll have a happy birthday. Yeah. I love how they yeah. know it's there, but they're not going to tell him. Mm-hmm. And they sent him a birthday card with a scantily clad witch and a stack of books on it. <laughs> and some potion that was supposed to help with his current crush. Yes. But of course, it's not going to work anymore. Apparently, Wormtail was the one who was good at potions, which is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. And or at least, I guess it doesn't say they are bad at potions, but they're likely to add things to it and make it do other stuff. Right. Yeah, he well, protected it. It's also nice to see that Peter's makes- not an idiot or... Mm-hmm. True, and it kind of makes sense, you know. I I always imagine making a potion, kind of like chemi- part chemistry, part you know, cooking and baking, and I just have that. I, I don't know if it's a fandom image, if it's a movie image, or if it's a book image of Wormtail at Snape's house bringing up the butterbeer, and I just imagine him in a, fr- a frilly pink like apron too, and, and you know, <laughs> being the domestic one in in that odd couple. So it kind of yeah. works. It makes sense in that regard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Teddy so he, keeps going. He's searched most of the places that he can, and there's only the defense office, which is probably stuff from when he was there in Harry's third year, right. and the dormitory that he has to find. Mm-hmm. And he can't really figure out how to get to those places. No, but he's decided when he finds out there's a Quidditch match that's going to be on and that they're playing in this Quidditch match, he thinks this is a perfect time. And of course, Ruthless volunteers to go and stand guard for him, even though she's not really sure what he's looking for. He just tells her that there's something in there that's his and, uh, but they didn't steal it. it back. Yeah. So it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but he's going to get it anyway. Mm-hmm. And I love when they open the door that, the smell that pours out of there is so bad that their eyes water. It's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what they've been having up there. Says, I know there's rotten food. There's probably a dead animal or two. And, and every conceivable space that is empty, their clothes are just strewn everywhere. And because mm-hmm. they don't really like each other, they have this tape line that goes across the floor in this zigzag pattern that divides the room in two. Yeah. Your half and our half. And- yeah. <laughs> And Ruth says, she says, I think I'm glad I stay on the girl's side. And Teddy's like, don't blame all of us. <laughs> but he has to go in, of course. Yeah. So, and he finds um, the start to a new map, which makes him feel really good because he can tell that it's his father's writing and that his father probably had a lot to do with the first map. And then he finds mm-hmm. this break in the wallboards that they apparently hid all kinds of stuff in it. And several people have found this. It's amazing that there was still things in there because there was basically a girly magazine in there that didn't belong to any of them Mm. because none of the footprints (laughs) disappeared. No, it didn't belong to Remus. It could have easily been Sirius Mm. or James. That's true. Because the only one, the only thing the footprints are showing right now are Remus's things. Mm. That is true. I didn't think of that. But he clears out all of that, and he finds a parchment and dog treats and just all different kinds of things. And 
he's just pulling things out when he hears voices in the corridor and he's like, "Uh oh, I'm about ready to get caught. <laughs> he closes the door and lays on a pile of dirty clothes and morphs himself to look like the clothes. And the kid that's coming in is doesn't even pay any attention. And you tell him that. Yeah. Yeah. So this third year is quite annoyed. He's muttering about mad girls. Mm-hmm. And um, he's going to make something happen to her on purpose next time. And I guess he was looking for a Quidditch banner. And he mm-hmm. finds it and storms back out again. And Ruth sticks her head in to see whether Teddy made it out. And he stands up and he's still morphed to look like the clothes. So. Yeah, she startles her. <laughs> he's like... That's a great way to scare me to death. And he's like, you scared? And she said, well, you know, startled. <laughs> Gathers up all of his stuff. And, and she's like, is that really all yours? And he says, would you steal things from this? <laughs> <laughs> I see your point. You have a point. Yeah. yeah. They go down and study a little bit together. And then she decides she's going to go to the library. And he's like, okay, bye. See you later. And he runs upstairs and taps the new parchment and finds out that it's the keys to the castle. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I really like these chapters. The pace is really brisk and it just moves right along. Like mm-hmm. us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it, it's quite hard to... I've be- deliberately been only reading however much we're covering each week, but it's mm-hmm. it would be quite easy to just keep going and read the whole thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've read it all before, did. but I... The first week I read the first six chapters instead of the first five, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read the whole thing in two days, so... There you go. Not like I could stop. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of words on this scroll that loosely organize themselves into groups. There's Mooney's Charms and Prongs' Charms and Padfoot's Protections and Wormtail's Secrets. Right. And stuff that they've invented. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder why they say he's really smart. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And Teddy realizes that most of James's things, he must have actually invented them all. And they are the charms that figure out who there is in the castle yeah. and gives them a mark and follows it around and all that. It's pretty amazing, you know, to think that they were able to do this. Well, it's nice to see because in Canada, everyone always talks about how smart they were, but we never really see anything about it. So mm-hmm. this is really nice evidence for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harry really never gets much chance to see a bunch of his parents. There's only a few instances in Snape's memories, and that's about it. So Yeah. And of course, that's not very much of their actual everyday stuff because he wasn't in their house or in anything like that, so... And Sirius's charms are mostly in French, which is interesting. Sort mm-hmm. of to get the idea that he learned that from his family because it was a, a pure blood thing to know. Right. Mm-hmm. So he asks the one for his father, and he's like, "Come on, Dad, give me a hint." And he doesn't mm-hmm. really expect an answer, and he doesn't get one. And then yeah, because the, uh, they all these charms have a thing that say "purveyor's use only" written underneath them, mm-hmm. and because he knows he he really isn't one of the four, even if he does have Remus's wand. So yeah, it identifies him as Ted Lupin. So mm-hmm. and then the Gryffindors pour in because they've won the Quidditch match. Party time! Get to drug down to the common room to party because everybody's got to participate. Mm-hmm. There's a holiday in the box. 
leaks from the Weasleys, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. They've been developing mm-hmm. new things as time goes on. It's got a illusionary band that plays basically radio music, but mm-hmm. it's standing there anyway. And, and food nicked from the kitchens, although it doesn't seem right to call it nicking when Winky brings it up herself. And then gets asked <laughs> to dance. I love that. Mm-hmm. He's a little ladies' man. He dances with quite a few girls, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, this one is Elliot March, who apparently is the good-looking one. And um, <laughs> Teddy asks Ruthless to dance, but doesn't get taken up on it. And he's kind of glad later because she looks like she'd be dangerous to dance near. Kind of lines the mosh pit. Come on, I want to see hands in the air. We're going to teach you a brand new dance tonight. So move your body. you got to help us off once. Together we can do this thing. Are you ready? Are you ready? I move your body like a hero troll. I learn it to rock and roll. I spin around like a crazy elf. I dance in by himself. Mm-hmm. And then... And then he ends up getting to morph everybody's face for the rest of the night. Yeah. When they go down for dinner, Professor Longbottom comes over and, you know, tells them they need to comport themselves with dignity and good sportsmanship, but he's wearing the lion head. And I like... Cool to see that. Yeah. He he got it from a friend. That's that's the legend, whatever, the, the, you know, the story that's been passed down. He got it from a friend. And we know who that friend is. Always gets it if they win. (laughs) Cool. <laughs> and Frankie is wearing a Gryffindor rosette, just for support. He broke his yellow and black rule for it. And then the next day, everybody has to do their homework because nobody did it while they were having Quidditch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Harry goes. <coughs> Harry and Teddy goes to the <laughs> library and asks Madame Prince for books about French and Latin, and asks if there's a, something that will translate things. And she says, no, but I'll try it for you. And he's like, uh, no, thanks. And then she gets all Madame Pitts on him. Because <laughs> yeah. he was surprised that she offered to help because she doesn't usually offer to help. And then when yeah. he kind of turned her down, she was like, fine. That's kind of neat, though. <laughs> Maybe that's her sort of area of expertise is the various languages and things. Mm, that could be. She never gets much chance to do it in the library. A little bit of a fleshing out anyway. Yeah. Teddy's trying to figure out how he can make it work because obviously he's not one of the original four, but there was an implication that you could have more than that. And obviously he should have been taught how to do this, but Remus wasn't here. So yeah, hmm. they think about, they probably wouldn't have thought they were going to pass him on to their sons because they were young enough that they weren't thinking about their own sons, but that they probably would have thought they would pass it on to the next generation of students coming in just to keep things. A.K.A. Weasley twins. Yeah. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. they kind of do. Yep. So. Just not quite how they were expecting. What are you doing? What's this rubbish? <laughs> What's this rubbish, he says. That there is the secret to our success. It's a wrench giving it to you, believe me. But we've decided your needs are greater than ours. George, if you will. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. And the forest guard are having another jaunt. Mm-hmm. So they're gathering for that. And this is and where we find out about the red caps and 
that mm-hmm. once their caps dry out with the blood, then they fade away, but that it's really hard to get them to dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Maurice gets to join the group because Teddy vouches for him. So. Mm-hmm. Got a full house compliment now. Yep. Which is fun. And they go out and they, you know. There's some really weird thing going on in, in the forest and Freddie wants to look, but doesn't want Bernice to burn it because apparently she burns a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> if it's evil, it burns. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and it's just, and there's it's, this very strange pale ivy and he doesn't know what's going on with it because it's the middle of winter and it's growing. And Nev- uh, no, Teddy, Neville, well, I'm having trouble with my names today. Teddy <laughs> reaches in to touch it and Frankie's like, don't touch it. You don't know what it is. And you, you think, you know, haven't you been hanging out with Arthur Weasley at all? Don't don't put on <laughs> things that, you know, where you can't see where their brains are. And don't put your hands in things that you don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And uh, He thinks about taking a leaf back to Neville, but it seems like it'd be a really horrible thing to try and pull a leaf off. So mm-hmm. he just leaves it. But so the leaves are sort of moving in some odd way. And he turns around and picks up his wand and there's a red cap who pounced out of the ivy mm-hmm. and missed it. Yeah. So they were he knew it was coming cuz he'd seen the the leaves moving. Mm-hmm. And we find out that uh who was it that was out snogging? Bernice and Ken. Yes. They come back and say they think they've seen a ghost who wasn't one of the castle ghosts and uh, Donzo says, "Yeah, well, uh, she didn't see any ghosts unless it was up his nostril. <laughs> but they're happy she didn't burn anything this time, so that was good. It's true. And, uh, For once. <laughs> Teddy goes back up to his dorm and Checkmate runs up to him to let him know she's there and then hides under the bed. Yeah. <laughs> she's good. He has him. not been paying her enough attention. Nope. Mm, as cats do. But then an owl comes and we find out that we have a new baby. And Artie's really upset because it's another girl. Oh, boy. He's Muriel. The only boy, yep. And they've named her Muriel after old Aunt Muriel. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mama doesn't seem happy about the name, but I think she's a sweet baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that Artie tried to switch baskets so that Uncle George would take the new baby home and they'd have Fred, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> she was only two hours old and not in the basket. Yeah, well. And you think they probably would have figured it out anyway. Probably. Mm. First time they... Slight size difference and all. Change in happy. <laughs> and... And Victoire sent a picture mm-hmm. with a, her and the red and squirming baby. Yes. And that she got to hold. Yep. So. I got to do that yesterday, so I know exactly how she feels. <laughs> That's fun. Babies don't usually like me, but he let me hold him and feed him, so it was really kind of cool. Yay. Yeah, and I got him away from his grandma, which was really tough. (laughs) (laughs) I probably was doing that. Mm. Yeah. So we move on for a couple days, and he's showing Checkmate the storm that they're having. She is unimpressed and goes back to sleep. Goes back to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. And And he's finding, basically he's finding shapes in the clouds, Mm -hmm. which is really When he was little, he was scared when there was a storm and there was this story that Andromeda told him, and they always try and find the shapes in the storms. They're shifting just like he and his mom would. 
Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. never afraid of storms after that. Right. And the storm is still going, but Hagrid is going out to find Christmas trees anyway. Yes. Well, <laughs> Hagrid would do that anyhow. He's canceled mm-hmm. class, so he can go get the Christmas trees. And there. Ornaments in Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the first time that I've read about this. This seems to be a fairly popular thing where they... Their trans- own organ? Yeah, they do the ornaments for the different things, because I've read that in a few things. I can't tell you which ones right now, but I have heard that before. I've seen them before, too. They just kind of pop up every now and then. Mm-hmm. But he- so they're trying to make it the different colors, the, the Quidditch teams and such. But mm-hmm. It doesn't really seem to work very well. Connie tries just telling it what to do, but didn't actually. <laughs> yeah. And so then Teddy morphs his nose, and she's like, wow, you can do that with your nose, but you can't do this, you know, do it with this silly wooden ball. And mm-hmm. Gardner says, hey, this is what you need to be doing. And I like that Teddy's like, well, I can't. You know, it's not attached to me. I can't really do it. And he's like, well, humor me and try. And so he tries. And then Gardner says, now actually try it with a wand, silly boy. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but he figures it out. You just have out. to think about it the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he tries it and it works. And then he does another one and that works until he gets does too much to it and gets all excited and then it blows up. But. He gathers up all the peaches to take them down to Frankie because he knows that Frankie's practicing in the Reparo spell and he likes to do that. Mm-hmm. He wandered into the common room or dormitory or something earlier and repaired Teddy's robes for him or something. Mm-hmm. Or it was a mm-hmm. it was a it was a chair leg or something. He, I can't remember. It was a ink. The ink bottle had fallen out and broken, so he oh yes stepped up on um, the ink. Teddy and, was mm-hmm. putting his map back away and knocked his ink out of his bag and mm-hmm. Frankie came up and repaired it for him because he just learned that. Yeah. <laughs> and so now he's mm-hmm. repairing everything in the Great Hall, all the chair legs and everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's liking to do that. And then it's Christmas and they all kind of say goodbye. They're all going to different places. and Teddy gets to invite people over to Uncle Harry's because he's always been allowed to do that, but he's never been able to do it before. And now mm-hmm. he's got to actually Never really had anybody to invite. Yeah. It's exciting. Harry has a flat in London, so or a place in London anyway. He is also going to visit with Diagonally and visit with the Apcarns or however you pronounce their name. And mm-hmm. Corgi's going off to Toronto. Yep. Going to bring him a maple syrup. Bring everybody back maple syrup. <laughs> yep. And Donzo's gonna be doing concerts. Yep. <laughs> I he gets off the train and he's standing there looking for people in this white this thing just like barrels into him and knocks him completely down. He's like, my Teddy! Child missile. He's like, yeah. oh, hi, James. It's just so cute. I want to hug my Harry monitor. Says, it's so cute. We knew if we let James go, he'd find you. <laughs> <laughs> just wind him up and shoot him off. Teddy-seeking missile. They're heading off for to have their Christmas holiday. And that is where we end for the week. We're, we are actually supposed to do one more chapter, I think, but we can end it here because I know not as far as we the, were. Are you sure? The, the schedule says six to ten. Does it? Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. what I thought it said because I only went to I only uh, did I my lawn to eleven. <laughs> no, nope. you, you did. Whoops! You divided it into four blocks of five, so it's one to five, six, six to, to 10, ten, eleven to fifteen, and. Well, I just can't add. So, all right, cool. We did good. Yeah. Very good. All right, cool. And we made it. Thank you for 
sticking with us, Jessica. Yep. So did we miss any bits? Um, no, pretty much covered all of it. My overall thoughts, I think I'll save those for the next time I'm on. Okay. Okay. Well, anybody Sorry else have run, thoughts but... about these particular chapters? Oh. Uh, no, studio. <laughs> they're they're great chapters, you know. It, it's fun to watch Teddy learning the intricacies of the map, even though he's just barely learning them right now. And it's fun to see mm. him making the friends that he's making and just kind of settling into life in the castle. A normal yeah. life. I'm he's sure getting the normal life that Harry always wanted. Come up again. Mm-hmm. Him fixing up the map and the various discoveries, and they're probably going to find something in the forest and. I'm wondering what there is with this vine and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. we shall have to see. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what happens next time. So with that, we will say good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> if you've got Hi. any thoughts about our coverage, feel free to send us voicemails, and we'll stick them on the end of the next one. Or yep. you can always make comments in our various forum sections. Yep, that would be great. So yeah, awesome. All right, good night. Good night, everyone. Night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.